The Author Hangout, episode number 56. The only way that people will want to buy your book is if they think it's going to help them and they believe in you. Welcome to the Author Hangout, where we interview best-selling authors and experts in the book publishing industry to reveal the tips and advice you need to succeed as an author in today's publishing landscape. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sean Manaher. Welcome to another episode of The Author Hangout, where authors like you learn how to sell more books through the lessons, experiences, and wisdom from their fellow authors. He's a content marketing keynote speaker podcaster and author who crowdfunded over $10,000 in 21 days to self-publish Content Warfare, a book that helps business owners tell their story, find their audience, and win the battle for attention online. Besides blogging about his winning strategies for building, activating, and empowering an audience, he hosts the Content Warfare podcast, where he interviews some of the most prolific content creators on the web. Here to share his incredible story of successful authorship is Ryan Hanley. Ryan, thanks for joining me on the Author Hangout. Sean, my pleasure, man. That was a, a fantastic interview, and, and you can tell how creative I am as I named my book the exact same thing as my podcast. So. <laughs> hey, I'm a creative guy. This is the Author Hangout. How original is that? So. <laughs> well, it tells people exactly what they're going to get, so I like it. Exactly. Very clear. So, Ryan, uh, I, here's what we love about getting things started with this, is just hearing the story about you know why you became an author, what was going on in life that you said, you know what? I need to write a book. So tell us, why'd you write the book? So I wrote the book because I had been I'd been blogging for a while, and um, and it was always a side hustle for me. I was uh, full time. I was an insurance agent slash insurance marketer at a single location independent insurance agency in upstate New York, and uh, I I had been on the side. So I've been doing these things in in content marketing and digital marketing uh, for our business to help to help the business grow. Uh, and on the side, I was, I said, you know, I just, I have this teaching nature, right? So I started writing yeah. ryanhanley.com. My, my website became the platform for me to share what I was actually doing because I started to get questions, right? Like, why mm-hmm. are you doing this? How are you doing this? You know, what do I do when this doesn't work? And I started answering those questions and telling those stories. And I started to get the same questions over and over. And I started to see the same pattern over and over with people in, and why it wasn't working, and and the the and this is the premise of the book uh, that I ultimately wrote, which was they were they weren't building an audience; they were just trying to sell. They were trying to take old school transactional advertising methods and apply them in the digital world. And and mm-hmm. I think we're all in agreement that uh, that doesn't work, um, or at least it. Why doesn't that work? That's a good question. Um, the answer, at least from my standpoint, is availability. So where. Before the internet, there was limited availability and access to all the potential solutions in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanted to buy shoes, you really only knew of the shoe stores that you kind of drove by or maybe somebody would recommend one. So at best case scenario, you may have had three or four options. It was most likely just the big box store that was in whatever mall was closest to your house. Mm-hmm. Today, you can go online and find... Uh, the running guru that has these particular types of shoes for your wide foot that runs on trails in the rain up mountains. And there is a store that has 17 pairs of shoes and that's it. But they're the exact pair of shoes that you need. 
and that availability, you would have never known that that store existed um, mm. before the internet because you would have no access to do to do research to that. Today you do. So um, it's it's telling your story, putting that out into the world, uh, you know, kind of creating the content that explains what you do, but also endears people to your business is, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, is crucial because people can just hit the back button and go to somebody else. Right. Um, Absolutely. So uh, I saw this pattern happening and I said, man, I've written all these blog posts. Uh, I'm going to start to be intentional about this. And it, it's, that's, it, it didn't actually start as I'm going to write a book. It was, I'm going to be more intentional on in how I go about helping people and the things that I was writing. And the blog basically became a testing ground for ideas. And then um, that just kind of culminated into this needs to be packaged up. Uh, and, and, and that was the idea for the book. Uh, it took me two years to get to about 65% written, though, since I blogged most of it. Uh, wow. And then uh, there's a whole story from there on. But um, it probably took me a solid 24 months to really come to the conclusion that this needs to be uh, a packaged up thing where people can take it with them and, and kind of learn all these lessons in one place. And Ryan, I know that people can pick up a lot of the story behind what was going on during those 24 months as you're building this out. But I really want to hear as well about this story about crowdfunding. So what happened with that that you said, okay, so we know traditional publishing has all all its issues, so you're going to do the self-publishing route, but not everybody is doing the crowdfunding route, and many people and most people who do it, they don't succeed. So what was going on with there? Tell us that part of the story as well. So I chose self-publishing not because I have anything against traditional publishing. Um, in earnest, I would actually love for a traditional publisher to come in at this point and purchase the contract on the book and, and take it to the next level. Uh, I, I self-published it because I wanted to learn, and this is just the nature of who I am, I wanted to learn all the pieces myself so that an, if I write another book or another book, I am educated on these things and it doesn't seem like a foreign language to me. So this was as much mm. a experiment for myself as it was the actual production of the book. Uh, so, but, so I was at that 65% mark. Um, and this is last year, probably around January, February. And I have a good friend, uh, Tom Morcus, and I was talking to him on a Google Hangout, and I was just complaining to him about how, you know, I've, I finally clicked over. I want to write a book on this, this, this vein of content that I've created, uh, but I'm really struggling with how to take it from what it is, a, you know, today, a series of blog posts that have gaps that need to be filled still to an actual book. I just, I just mm-hmm. didn't have the knowledge. And he referred me um, to Guy Vincent, who is the founder of a platform called Publishizer, which is a uh, basically a crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter in many ways, but only for authors. So it's an author-only mm. crowdfunding platform. And Guy walked me through the process step by step and showed me how using crowdfunding could really be the catalyst for the next level. And uh, you know, really, the impetus to getting it done was that I agreed. You know, I said to guy, I said, I'm going to do this, you know, yeah. book me in, sign me up, whatever, I'm, I'm in. Um, and then I immediately put a Facebook post out that said, it's official, I'm writing, you know, the Content Warfare book is, is happening, and, um, and you know, it's going to be, the, the crowdfunding will start at the end of July. <clears throat> and then it was like out there. 
And I had to, yeah. well, at that point, I had to do, because now all of a sudden people are like, 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 you know, comment, comment, comment. And it's like, <laughs> at that point, you know, I can't go back on it. And really that pressure is what drove me to, to, to move forward. Um, mm. The actual crowdfunding uh, campaign itself, uh, I mean, there's a, we, we can get into the tactics of crowdfunding, but the reason I crowdfunded is I wanted to have the most professional, um, I want to have the most professionally done self-published book that I possibly could. I wanted someone to pick up the Content War bu- Warfare book in whatever form, uh, mm-hmm. EPUB, paperback, or hardcover, and say, you know, if there was a, uh, an imprint on this, it would be traditionally published. And mm. I think I, I'm very proud of how close we got to that. I'm sure there are little things that maybe we could have done better, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's fairly indistinguishable in its quality from, from a traditionally published book, and I'm, and I'm very proud of that. That's fantastic. I, there's so many areas that we could go down. I know that the authors and I know that are listening in right now probably are thinking the same thing. What are these tactics around crowdfunding? So crowdfunding is an interesting monster. Um, I'm going to give you – before we talk about tactics, I'd like to first talk about just a few pros of crowdfunding and a few cons that not a lot of people talk about. Okay. Uh, the pros of crowdfunding are you get to validate your idea before – you uh, go all the way to publishing and printing a book, which self-printing a book is an incredible pain in the rear end. Um, you know, putting out an ebook is right. a joke compared to putting out a hardcover book. It is like someone punching you in the face for an hour. Is <laughs> what I would consider a good analogy to p- creating a hardcover book. But um, that aside, uh, it allows you to validate your idea first. Second. It allows you to activate your audience because now you're getting people fired up. You're getting them emotionally invested and financially invested in the success of your book. So uh, you now, you know, if you successfully crowdfund, you have at one time got uh, basically the okay to go because people are like, you've sold us. We're in. We want this thing. And the yep. second piece is they've actually committed to you. So not just said, yes, I'll yeah. buy it someday, but they've given you money. So that's a, that's, that's really a defining thing. You know, I've had people say to me since like, you know, people told me I should write a book and I wrote it and no one bought it. And it's like, yeah, that's, everyone's going to tell you to write a book, write it until <laughs> they have to open their wallet yeah. and then they're going to say, yeah. ah, you know, I have other things to do. So, um, so that's a, that, those are the two really big pros. I'm, I'm sure there's others, but those are the really two big pros. Here are the cons to self, self-publishing or to crowdfunding a self-published book that people need to consider. Um, you use up a lot of your core audience. So in terms of uh, moving people forward, um, if people buy so, – so let's, let's talk in terms of like say ranking on Amazon, which is, which is really one of the pieces that gets you that viral nature, right? If your book mm-hmm. ranks high in different, in different categories, then people who don't know you, who search those categories end up finding your book and, and that adds to the viral nature. If, when you crowdfund, none of those purchases count and any of that. Mm. So I had uh, over 300 purchases of my book not count at all to any of my rankings in Amazon or in any other platform. So uh, to the initial push, now a lot of those people came back and left uh, reviews, but, but at that point, it's still really hard to get them to come back because uh, they're not mm. prompted to unless you're reaching out to them, which I did, but then you can only hit them so many times. So, so there is a little bit of that. There's also the marketing aspect of it. So I went on podcasts and I asked people to email their lists and all these good things, which people were happy to do for me. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, four months later or five months later when the book is ready to release, only a couple of those people were willing again to support me because, mm. and it makes complete sense, right? It's five months yeah. ago. I just did a big push for you. I'm going to do another one now. Um, so you have to be really strategic with, uh, who you're tapping into. You don't want to use all your resources in the crowdfunding campaign because then when you want to actually push the book out to the public on a larger scale, uh, those people for good reason are, may not be willing to come back. So, um, so just another thing, those, those are really the cons to, to crowdfunding. But in general, I think in my case, we just had a kid and we just moved. So like free cash flow <laughs> was not in my, in my, uh, yeah. that I have. If I could do it all again and I had the, it was like, uh, I would say of the 11,000 that I raised in 21 days, um, I probably used almost 10,000 of it to, for all the things that it takes to create the book, uh, the way that I wanted it created and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and pay for the, you know, printing copies and all that. Uh, so, um, so the net was really zero. If I had had that money in the bank, I probably looking back on it, hindsight 2020, I may not sure. have done it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't consider it because I do think that, um, there are a lot of good things. Um, and, and we can get into that. Uh, it, really the big mistake that I made and I'm, I'm slightly off course here and I promise I'll pull it back out. No, that's okay. Um, the big mistake that I made, or, you know, this wasn't a mistake. It was kind of, uh, just what happened was, uh, I was an insurance agent for nine years, um, writing this book on the side, pulling off my experiences there and, and building a, lo- a lot of that into the book. And so I had done all this stuff. Um, but, uh, I had it planned where I just had reached the end of what I could really achieve at the insurance agency. So my next step was I was going to go off on my own and start my own consulting business. And, and the kickoff mm-hmm. to that was going to be the crowdfunding campaign. I, would, I wouldn't have – I could do whatever I wanted at that point. So I was going to bang out the book in a month. Like I said, I only had about 25 30% of the book left to write. I had to fill some gaps. And then uh, in October – I finished in August. In October, I would have the book out to market. Well, what ended up happening is I was only on my own for about 30 days and a company called TrustedChoice.com, which I which I work for now, um, came in and kind of made me an offer that I couldn't refuse, an opportunity mm. to take my game to the next yeah. level and be, and become a marketing executive for for a national company. And um, I just I you know I couldn't say no. It was just a, it was a really great opportunity. So now I'm side hustling the book again, <laughs> and I didn't actually get to release the book until February. And that time period, I lost a lot of momentum that I then had to try to recapture. Um, you know, I, and I'm still recapturing today. Uh, I think that crowd, the crowdfunding campaign would have worked extremely well if mm-hmm. I had had it planned where maybe the crowdfunding ends in August, there's all this buzz, and then the end of September, the book releases are early October. Um, I think that it would have been a bonanza. Um, so there was a little bit of lost opportunity there. So I, I don't want to mm-hmm. dissuade people from crowdfunding. No, I think Ryan, what you're what you're talking about is the reality of going through the process of self-publishing in a crowdfunded environment and just life. You know, life does happen. I think you are telling a story that many authors would at least relate to that oftentimes as authors we think this is how it's going to go a b c then where's z coming in how'd that get in there but that's the reality of life so i do appreciate you sharing that story yeah i think um you know i i actually uh, was just i was on a, an interview just a few minutes ago before we got on the phone and he said how did you have time to write the book because this is like the most common thing, right? Like, I don't have time. Like, why isn't your book finished? I don't have time. Or why have? Why aren't you? Why isn't the book selling? I don't have time to market. 
Um, I had a job that was a nine to five that was really like an eight to seven. Um, mm. So I had to write the book at 3 a.m. And, and, and late at night with a 10-month-old in the house. So um, what I would tell people is, and, and that isn't, I'm not trying to, to humble brag or anything. What I'm telling people is, if you really want the thing to happen, just like you said, crazy things that you can't expect are going to work their way into your life. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it difficult. And you either have to set yourself to the path and get it done or, or just be real about the fact that you don't really want it to happen. Um, I've, this is a, this was a humbling experience for me in many ways, especially the post crowdfunding experience where the crowdfunding, the buzz about the book and what was going on was like sky high, especially when I could mm-hmm. send out an email that said, we just raised $11,000 in 21 days, the fastest ever on the publisher platform. We set the record and now the book doesn't come out for five or six months. Like, you know, you know, that's worst case scenario. So sure. Um, you have to, you just have to say, you have to set yourself to the path and say, things are going to happen. I'm going to push through it. If it means being miserable and waking up at 3am to get it done and you re- that's what you have to do to really get it done. And, um, that's kind of the journey that m- I think most authors, especially self published authors take the, I'm going to sit down mm-hmm. and bang this book out for nine hours a day. And this is my full-time job. That is not reality. Even for full-time authors, that is not reality. Most of them have to do other things as well or, yeah. or do other things. So, um, you know, I just – I like to set that straight a little bit sometimes because I it, – it, not that it bugs me, but I just think that it's um, – it's it's an excuse to say that time is the reason that you haven't completed the thing or that you don't have time to market. You can do podcast interviews at 9 p.m. A lot of podcasts – podcasts, you know, myself included, if I want to have somebody on the show – I'll I'll stay up till nine and interview them at nine. I just did it last night with someone yeah. for my own show. So um, you, you know you just have to set yourself to that path because things are going to happen. There's no doubt about it. And Ryan, why don't we get into the tactical side of crowdfunding then? So what are some of the things? Just a quick high high level, and they can learn more from you and what you're doing. But uh, why don't you share with us what yeah. those would be? So I would say the number one tactic is when you know you're going to crowdfund uh, thirty to forty five days before the launch of the crowdfunding campaign, start building an opt-in list. Basically a list. So what I did was I took uh, a a large section of the book. The book's around 60,000 words. And I took a 6,000 word section of the book and I paid my, um, my editor to edit that section of the book before he edited anything else. And he actually ended up having to re-edit it, which was fine, but I needed something that was crisp and clean and nice. Um, And I said, you know, and I took that chunk of the book And I gave it away for free and I said, here's a free section of the book. Read this. If you like it, you're going to love the Content Warfare book. And what I want to do is be able to email you when the crowdfunding campaign goes live. So completely transparent, but I gave away this thing and Mm -hmm. uh, I just marketed that, you know, to my blog email list, to my friends, to on Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, all the things. And I gathered uh, 275 email addresses. So what you have is day one an opt-in list of people that aren't just like know who you are, but have said, I want to be notified on the day that this thing goes live so I can contribute. Now, not all of them will, even though they opted in, but I would say about 50% of that list did. And, um, my initial push, I had an enormous first day. I raised like almost $4,000 the very first day. Wow. And that in large part was due to building that opt-in list. Because all, you know, 50% of that list was like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then 
then those people, you know, and then there's like the viral nature of it. When someone contributes, they have the option to tweet it or Facebook it. Now their friends are coming in. And so that, that worked really, really well. I also created a ton of quotables and I found these to be an incredibly, uh, engaging or a great way of creating engaging content that drew people back into the campaign. So, uh, basically I would, I used Canva to create little Instagram quotes from the book, you know, because I, like I said, I had about mm-hmm. 65% of the book written. So I pulled off about two dozen things that I thought were interesting quotes, made little graphics about them. And every day I'm sharing these bang, 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 putting them all over the place, writing a little bit about what that quote means and the context of it. And then giving people a link and saying, here, if you like this quote, if this sounds like something that's interesting to you here, this is what I'm doing. And I want you to contribute. And that was a really, uh, a, a really effective way of keeping people engaged because every day they're seeing these new, uh, interesting graphics coming through their thing with a quote and, and driving people there. And that kept me relatively consistent. And then, um, I did a big push when we started to get close to the record. Like I saw that I knew the record was 22 days and mm-hmm. I saw that I was at like, um, so Basically, I was going for the fastest author to ever reach $10,000 um, on the platform. And I was at 7000 and I had two days left. And I sent out an email that said, I want to set the record. You're just, you know, you, stop procrastinating. I know you want this book. Come get it. <laughs> and wham, we just plowed right through, right through wow. it. And, um, you know, so here, here's the deal. Create that list. That's, that is a very uh, effective tactic, 100%. Um, create graphics, make sure you're touching people. You don't just want to send it out once and expect people to keep coming back. It is every single day you have to be hitting them with something. Uh, and then really it's, it's effective copy. I mean, you have to be a salesperson as much as anything and write really effective copy to get people to, to draw them in. And if you do, uh, you're, you're all set to go. And Ryan, I don't want this to be missed. I think throughout this whole conversation, your story, this buildup of this launch, and then getting the book written and getting all of this, these results, you know, seeing over $11,000 through a crowdfunding for your self-published book, you started building an audience like well before i mean you're like building this audience can you speak to just a couple minutes about this building of the audience and the power of it and a couple of things that will help authors to do the same so i'm really glad that you brought this up and i would have been mad at myself if we missed it uh this was the first thing i ever asked for from my audience and i've been building that audience for like five years uh so Mm -hmm. i had people who have been with me for half a decade who are on my email list, who've been connected with me on Facebook and social media, who'd see me speak. Uh, this, you know, this, this wasn't just, I've never done anything online. I'm going to write a book and expect people to buy it. Uh, this was, uh, uh, I don't want to say a lifetime, but a, but, a, but a decent part of my working career to that mm-hmm. point, um, building up this audience of people who valued the work that I did and trusted me. So, you know, if you, if you're, if you're an author and you're sitting there and, you're wondering why either your book isn't selling or you're you're considering writing a book and you haven't built an audience yet, I would pump the brakes really hard and start working on your audience because those are the if no one believes in you, they're never going to give your book a shot. Your book is a really big investment. Like, you know, just because you wrote it and maybe it's good does not mean that anyone that you deserve 
any attention or that anyone has any obligation to buy your book. Maybe your parents have an obligation to buy your book, but no one else does. <laughs> the only way that people will want to buy your book is if they think it's going to help them and they believe in you. And, you know, you know, th- this is just, you know, this is the crowning thing. When we think about, okay, so let's take like, uh, Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week, like the most played out example <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people forget that Tim spent an entire year going to almost every conference that existed in the entrepreneurial and, and marketing space, making more connections than any other author who had um, not written a book had ever done, right? I mean, this guy was everywhere for a year. No one had ever heard of him, just walking up to people and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing, This is, you know, and, and learning and engaging and making all these friends so that when he was ready to write his book, he had tons of connections and, and people who were willing to email out for him and do interviews and support and give recommendations. I mean, that didn't exist for him three years earlier. He spent, you know, 12 to 18 months building up mm-hmm. that audience and, and the trust and the relationships that allowed him to be successful on the back end. And then obviously he's plowed through it and he's just an incredibly smart guy and talented. But, um, you know, so it wasn't like it was fake. But if you haven't put in that kind of work, then you can't expect that kind of uh, success. I mean, the the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey or The Martian, you know, these these type of things. Like these these don't these are the that, these are the minute exceptions to the rule. Everybody else has to build this audience first, sells to that audience. That audience then spreads. Then that then that larger circle spreads, and on and on and on and on. I mean, uh, you know. It just doesn't happen overnight, especially for self-published authors, um, because you know if you don't have an audience to tap into, no one else is going to help you. Ryan, I know that uh, we have to go really quick here, but there's a one question that we always ask everybody. I want to make sure we hit this with you. And even if you're looking for that traditional publishing, um, if you were, as an author, going to self-publish, what three things would you tell yourself to do to help you sell more books? Build an audience first. Make really good friends with every podcaster that you can possibly become friends with. <laughs> and I don't know, have a good title or something. I, I think having really good friends who are willing to market your book for you and having your audience are the two most important things. And then there's probably a lot of little things that could be three, like, you know, engaging cover, interesting title. The book has to actually be good. But, you know, if you, if you have, if you have lots of friends who are willing to help you market your book in some way, shape, or form, and an, a built-in audience, uh, your book will do well. You know, I, don't, I can't guarantee it will be an Amazon or New York Times bestseller, but it will do well, and, and you should be proud of that. Ryan, thank you so much for that. And as we close this episode of The Author Hangout out, why don't you share with us where people can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Uh, if people are interested in learning more about me or just connecting, uh, ryanhanley.com is kind of my catch-all, and uh, the book Content Warfare can be found on Amazon. Uh, and uh, any questions, Ryan at RyanHanley.com. I'm always happy to email with people. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for being part of The Author Hangout. Everything that you shared, Insight Lessons, and your book will be at TheAuthorHangout.com. Thanks again, Ryan. Sean, my pleasure, man. So this episode has been powered by Book Marketing Tools. Thank you for listening in, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Author Hangout. 
Thanks for listening to the Author Hangout. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher to get the new episodes delivered directly to your device. Watch the video from this episode and get the transcript at theauthorhangout.com. The Author Hangout is brought to you by bookmarketingtools.com. As an author, you might be stuck not knowing exactly what to do to market your books and yourself effectively. No problem. Book Marketing Tools has you covered through our free guide, the ultimate author checklist for online book marketing. From start to finish, you will get a broad and detailed understanding on how you can effectively go from selling no books to reaching hundreds of readers. You can get this free resource at bookmarketingtools.com slash sellbooks. And when you sign up, you enroll in our exclusive weekly author email where we share with you the latest tools and tips for authors covering things like how to find readers, selling more books, how to get book reviews, and everything an author needs to be effective in reaching readers. You can get the guide and sign up at bookmarketingtools.com slash sellbooks.